Father, I want to thank you so much for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that the heavens are opened over us. Thank you for doing exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask or imagine, we ask, Lord, that you speak to us, Lord, minister to us, Lord. Let the expectation of everyone be granted him or her in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your work go forth with power, with much assurance in the power of your spirit. And we pray in the name of Jesus that everyone who have his or her testimony, in Jesus' name have we prayed, and all the saints shall say, Amen. We want to take your seats and give the Lord a mighty clap offering, Amen. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout. Turn to somebody, tell that person, I'm excited to see you. Tell another person, I'm happy to see you. Tell someone you're looking glorious and you're looking wonderful. Amen. I want to thank the Lord. Today is a prophetic encounter service. And believe God for your encounter in the name of Jesus. May you receive your encounter in the name of Jesus. May you receive your heart's desire in the name of Jesus. May God speak unto you and minister unto you in the name of Jesus. I came to tell somebody that your life is being changed and your life is being transformed in Jesus' mighty name. You are moving to another level of glory and favor and honor in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank God for all the branches that are connected. All those that are watching online, I want you to know that God is going to touch you in Jesus' name. Those that are the various branches, the East Legon branch, the Alogad Junction branch, God is going to touch you and visit you and bless you. And all the branches across the world. Hallelujah. Today is the first Sunday of the month of July, so I want to welcome you to July. Amen. And I know that God is going to surprise you. You know, the testimony that we read, the, the gentleman said that during the prophetic encounter service, there was a prophetic declaration and he received it with faith. He tapped into it. And that, in that same service, he received a call and he got his dream job. Hallelujah. May you receive your blessing in the name of Jesus. May the Lord grant you your heart's desire in the name of Jesus. Whatever expectation you have from the Lord, I see it being delivered unto you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, as the declarations are going forth, angels are sending packages to people. May you receive your own package in Jesus' name. May you receive your own inheritance in Jesus' name. May you receive your own blessing in the name of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a mighty shout. Amen. I think for the, I think for the month of July is the zeal of God's house. The zeal of God's house. Turn to the person next to you and tell the person the zeal of God's house. The Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 2 verse 17. That's our scripture for the month. John 2 verse 17. It says that, and his disciples, that the disciples of Jesus, they remembered that it was written. It was written, the zeal of thine house had eaten me up. They were referring to, it was referring to Jesus Christ. And the disciples, when they looked at the behavior of Jesus, they looked at the passion of Jesus. They looked at the enthusiasm that Jesus had towards the house of God, towards the things of God. They could only but remember that it had been written or prophesied about Jesus that the zeal of God's house would eat him up. Today I prophesy that the zeal of God's house would eat you up in Jesus' name. Matthew 21 verse 12 to 13. Matthew chapter 21 verse 12 to 13. The Bible tells us that Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out. Okay, Jesus went to the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple. And he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. 
So the scripture has let us know that when Jesus entered the temple, he saw that you know people were doing the wrong things in the temple. People were selling, people were making merchandise in the temple. And when Jesus saw that people were, instead of people praying in the temple, instead of people worshiping God in the temple, people were making merchandise, people were selling, you know, in the temple, Jesus got furious. Jesus got angry. Jesus got mad. Hallelujah. And a lot of times we sing the song, Gentle Jesus. Meek and mild. But when you read the scriptures, Jesus was not gentle like that. Hallelujah. He went to the temple of God and he cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple. And he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. The next verse. And the Bible said that. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the reason Jesus did this was because the zeal of God's house had eaten him up. So, you see, when the zeal of God's what is zeal? Zeal refers to passion. Zeal refers to enthusiasm. Zeal refers to joy. Zeal, when somebody is zealous, you realize that the person does things from his heart. Amen. That is what zeal is. Have you ever, one of the wonders, in the, the, the book of Proverbs, you know, the, the writer of the book of Proverbs, he tells us one of the wonders or one of the amazements under the sun. <laughs> and you know one of the, one of the amazements that the, the writer of the book of Proverbs, that's Solomon, you know one of the amazements he noticed under the sun. When you read it, he says that one of the amazements he's noticed under the sun is a man in love with a maiden. A man in love with a maiden. You see, when a man is in love, the man is full of zeal for the lady. He's, he's full of joy and enthusiasm and passion. It is, it is an amazement. It is a mystery. And that's why, you know, I've said the, the story sometimes, you know, about a certain, a certain friend of mine in the university that was in love with a certain lady. And one day he was so they were in a relationship for a while. And one day the lady sent him a message that she's calling off the relationship. It, it took him by surprise. So I remember clearly that day it was in the night around 10 p.m. and it was raining. So he left our hostel. He left the hostel we're in. And he went to the lady's hostel. He, he passed through the rain. He, he passed through the mud. And he got to the, the lady's hostel. He got to the door of the, the, the lady's room. And you know that the, the lady was angry. So she refused to open the door for him. Because he was, he was going to find out what had he done that she says that she call off the relationship. And she refused. So do you know what the guy did? The whole night he slept at the door of the lady's room. <laughs> it, it makes you see the zeal that a man can have for a lady. He slept at the door of her, her room. And, and he didn't just sleep at the door. As he was, he was sleeping and he sat on the floor and he was sleeping. Uh, he was also sobbing. He was sleeping and sobbing. <laughs> You know, so, you know, that's why the writer of, of Proverbs was saying that one of the amazements he has noticed under the sun is a man in love with a woman. It's an amazement. And, and one of the characteristics of a man that is strongly in love with a woman is zeal and passion. Zeal and passion. 
You see, zeal and passion can make you do the unthinkable. Zeal and passion can make you do the impossible. Zeal and passion can make you do the unexplainable. Zeal and passion can make you do things that people wonder that ah, why did you do it? What, 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 what was the driving force? What was the impetus? What was the force that was propelling you? That was pushing you? That was moving you to do the things that you did? It is because of zeal. So this young man, you know, there was, there was a certain driving force. There was a certain impetus that caused him, you know, at night, you know, and you know that the way we're staying, the hostel, it was a bit off campus. So once in a while, there are some things and things that can be moving in the night and also so he he dared the race he he dared the risk of being attacked in the night he he went through the magic waters <laughs> and he slept at the door of the girl he was <laughs> but you see it is because of zeal zeal was the driving force and so in this month of july when the Lord is saying that this month of July is the month of the zeal of God's house. God is telling you and I that we should come to the place where we have a certain kind of zeal for the house of God. A certain kind of zeal for God's house, for the things of God, the things of the Spirit of God. We should have zeal for the growth of God's kingdom, for the expansion of God's kingdom, the growth of the church, the expansion of God's church. We should have such a strong zeal that defies the zeal of a man in love with a woman. If this gentleman was able to pass through the rain without an umbrella, without a sweater or a jacket, he was able to pass through the rain to go and make amends with the lover of his soul. Then I'm saying that you too, when you are filled with the zeal of God's house, there are things that you do that it may look unthinkable there are things that you do that it may look unimaginable there are things that you do that other people may think that this is it it was impossible to do but for you because of the zeal that you have for god because of the zeal that you have for the house of god you'll be able to do the impossible even when it is raining you'll be able to pass through the rain when it is snowing you'll be able to pass through the snow (laughs) hallelujah at night you'll be able to pass through because of the zeal of God's house. Receive the baptism of the zeal of God in the name of Jesus. May be filled with zeal and enthusiasm for God and the things of God and the house of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of friend. And that was what happened to Jesus. That Jesus looked, you know, Jesus looked radical. Jesus seemed radical and so when Jesus saw that things ought not to be so in the temple you know he got he got he got even got he got bold and he took a cane and whip and drove out the money changers somebody would have gone like where did where did Jesus get that boldness from where Jesus got that boldness from was the zeal of God's house had eaten him up the zeal of God's house had eaten him up hallelujah Haggai 1 verse 1 to 8. Haggai chapter 1 verse 1 to 8. The Bible tells us that if you can project that scripture and give me, give me New Living Translation. Amen. The Bible says that on, on August 29th, someone say August 29th. 
On August 29 of the second year of King Darius reign, the Lord gave a message to the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shethiel, and governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Amen. Today, may the Lord give somebody a message in the name of Jesus. Today, God is bringing a message to you through me in the name of Jesus. And this is the message that the Lord gave. He said, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. He says that the people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. At the time, the temple was in ruins. The temple had been destroyed. And the people were saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. So anytime people, God's people miss it, God sends his prophet to bring them a word of the Lord, to direct their paths, to straighten them up, to order them. And every month, when the word of the Lord comes to us every month, you must understand that it is a prophetic message. It is a prophetic word to bring us to a place of alignment. Because in life, there are times that we can miss the mark. There are times that we can, you are supposed, one is supposed to move in a straight line, but the person can be set off course. And so the prophetic word will come to align people. And so I want you to see and understand that in this month of July, the prophetic focus, the prophetic word is coming through the prophet of God. It is coming through me to bring us to a place of alignment and realignment. Maybe at realigning to the perfect will of God in Jesus' name. Maybe at the center of the center of God's will for your life in the name of Jesus. So then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai, verse 4. Why are you living in luxurious houses? while my house lies in ruins. This was the word of the Lord to, to the prophet, to the people. That God was saying that ah, they are living in luxurious houses. They have built their houses. They have, they are taking care of themselves. You know, they are, they are fattening themselves. They are enjoying their lives. They are pursuing their own agenda. And in pursuing their own agenda, in thinking of themselves, they have forgotten to take care of the house of God. They have allowed the house of God to lie in ruins. And God is bringing this word for us to also examine ourselves. That have we gotten to a place where we are so concerned about our own things? Where we are so concerned about that which concerns us, about our personal life? Have we gotten to that place where we are so concerned about our personal life to the neglect of the house of God, to the neglect of the advancement of God's kingdom? There is always the tendency for that situation to happen. And that is why this prophetic word has come. To set us back on track. And so he was saying that, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? So you can see from this scripture that God is concerned about his house. And the house of God is the church of the living God. The house of God is the church of Christ. And when you are in in living stones, the, the house of God refers to living stones. So this is the house of God because this is the church that you are in. So God is asking you also that, are you so, con- you know, people can get concerned about themselves. And you can know how, 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 you know, you can know whether you are really concerned about yourself or concerned about the things of God based on the things that you give time to and based on the things that you prioritize. Hallelujah. So if you look at the whole week, you know, today is Sunday, so you've gone through Monday to Saturday. What were the things that occupied your thoughts? 
What were the things that you gave your attention to? What were the things that you gave your time to? What were the things that you gave your money to? The things that you gave your thoughts to? The things that you gave your attention, you gave your money, you gave your time to? Are the things that you are really concerned about? And when you look at it, how much of your time, how much of your thoughts, how much of your, your money, how much of your attention did you give to God and did you give to the house of God? Can I preach it? See there, the prophet Joel is giving me confirmation. Hallelujah. So he says that, why are you living? So you, you can see from this scripture that God sees. God sees the hearts of people. Why are you living in luxurious houses? While my house lies in ruins. Verse 5. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Look at what's happening to you. Verse 6. He, he told them that they have planted much but harvest little. They eat but are not satisfied. They drink but are still thirsty. They put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Their wages disappear as though they were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Sounds like mercy, Lord. And that is the condition. The truth of the matter is that it is God that blesses. We thank the Lord for your hard work. You ought to work hard. You ought to be diligent. You ought to go about your task and your responsibilities and all that. And that is true. You ought to do that. However, after you have done all that, it is God that brings the rains. You know, the farmer can sow. The farmer can till the land. The farmer can plow. The farmer can weed. The farmer can um, do all the cultural practices. But after the farmer has done all the cultural practices, there are certain elements that the farmer has no control over. The farmer does not have control over the rain isn't it the farmer does not have control over the weather conditions the, the, you know, the crops can ha- come and all that but a sudden storm can come and destroy all the farmers crops there, there can be an invasion of locusts and, and weeds and, uh, and pests that can just come and, and ravage the harvest there can be a fire that can consume everything and those things are beyond the farmer irrespective of the farmer's diligence and hard work now the elements it is God that controls the elements it is God that controls the elements so when you when when God decides to favor a person he causes the elements to line up and bless that person and so God was saying that when his people are so concerned about themselves People are concerned, you know, people are concerned about marriages, about getting married. There are people that are concerned about entering a relationship. There are people that when they, all their prayer topic, God, give me a husband. God, give me a wife. (laughs) Can I preach it? There are some people that all their prayers is so that they'll get a visa. To get a visa and travel. There are some people, all their prayers is so that they'll get a job. So that they'll have financial breakthrough. And you know, all these things are good. God wants you to have all those things. But if you are able to prioritize the house of God, the things regarding God's kingdom, you realize that God will supply your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so he says that, he says, can you give me the scripture? You have planted much, 
but harvest little. They, they eat, but are not satisfied. They drink, but are still thirsty. They put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Their wages disappear as though they were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Next verse. Now, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You see, in life, it's good to take inventory. It's life. It's good to analyze your life. It's good to analyze yourself. Analyze the things that are happening around you. It's good to, 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 to step back and review and evaluate your life. Evaluate the progress that you are making. Amen. And that's what God is saying. That look at what's happening to you. If you are able to evaluate your life, evaluate what's happening to you, you probably see, one will probably see that the way things are going, it ought not to be so. And one will probably see that there's a certain neglect on that person's part in the area of being concerned about the things of God. Verse 8. He said, now God gave them an instruction. He said, now go up into the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I'll take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Wow. Somebody say, wow. wow. Look at this scripture. God is telling you and I that we should go up into the hills. God is telling you and I that we should bring down timber and we should rebuild his house. And he says that then he will take pleasure in it and be honored. Isn't that amazing? That God is interested in you building his house. God is interested. Let me tell you something. God is a living God. God is alive and God watches all things. And just as you have desires, just as you have things that you want done in the same way god also has desires and god has things that he wants done and god is interested in the growth and advancement of his kingdom god is interested in the growth and advancement of his house of his church god is interested in souls amen god is interested in souls God is interested in people coming to know the Lord. People coming to the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because that is why Jesus Christ came to die. That's why Jesus came to die. So just like how somebody is interested, you know, somebody is interested in winning that contract, winning that project. So all through the week, the person is praying, the person is working hard that that contract, that project would go through. Can I tell you something? That just as you are interested, you know, that that contract, that project would go through, you want to finish your project. In the same way, God is interested that that soul will come to the Lord. That soul will come to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 5 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. So, we must let the zeal of God's house eat us up. Look at what he says in Hebrews 5 verse 12. He says that you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. And he said that you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. What is the writer of Hebrews telling the believers? The writer of Hebrews is telling the believers that, listen, there comes a time that you have to grow up. There comes a time that you have to mature. We, when we come to church, we ought not to be babies in the house of God. You know, you know that one of the characteristics of babies? Babies always like to be taken care of. Babies don't do anything for anybody. Babies, everything is done for babies. <laughs> and so you realize that sometimes it looks it's like a nice thing to be a baby when you are a baby all you have to do is to cry as soon as you cry you get attention as soon as you cry you get food 
soon as you cry, you know, when you're a baby and you are you are there and you, you want them to carry you, just cry no, and then they'll come and carry you. You, you know the you, you know the only thing that babies do to eat and sleep. <laughs> but can I tell you something? There are some Christians who are like that. There are some Christians, you know, you know, so when a baby is growing, as a baby becomes begins to grow, the baby starts walking, the baby gets to two years. You know, when the baby gets to two years, you know what, what now begins to happen? Two years, the children be, the, the parents begin to send the baby, the toddler. Oh, the toddler can now pick up little things. So you know that the parents, oh, go and take this for me. They go and take it. Go and take that for me. Then when it's five years too, they're now sending the child to uh, giving the child more responsibilities. When a child gets to even seven years, eight years, you teach the child how to wash dishes. Isn't it? How to wash dishes. How to, you know, how to prepare Indomie. <laughs> eight, year, eight years can prepare Indomie. How to wash dishes. How to prepare someone to, how to, how to take care of themselves. You know, how to, how to wash their socks, how to wash their, their, their panties, how to do some things for themselves. Then when the child gets to it, when the child becomes a teenager, you now begin to give the child more responsibility. So the proof of growth, the proof that you are not a baby, the proof that you have grown is in you taking responsibility. So when you are a Christian and you are in church and a, you are not taking responsibility, it's an issue with God. And that was that, you know, I believe that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. But let's say that. So the writer of the book of Hebrews, he saw that and he, he was concerned about that. And it was happening in that time and it's also happening now. That he said that what? You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. So you realize that when it, from babies, when from the baby stage, you get to, you grow up, you become a teenager and um, you possibly even, you go, to the, you go to school, you graduate. Do you know that it gets to a place where you, you get to an age where you can no longer be getting money from your parents. You have to be taking care of yourself. And do you know that it now gets to a place where you are not just taking care of yourself, you are taking care of other people also. You are, you are paying the school fees of other people. Maybe your own children. You are now taking care of us. So that is what God expects of us as Christians. That we should come up to maturity. We shouldn't be at the same level. Where, you know, there are some people that are at the same level. You know, every day they want somebody to pray for them. They want somebody to teach them the word of God. They want somebody, you know, they want somebody to be with them. They want someone to counsel them. You know, they want someone to pray for them, to pray with them. It's, a, it's, 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 all, it's all right, but it's for babies. It's for babies. At a certain level. My brother, my sister, you ought to be praying for somebody. At a certain level, you ought to be counseling somebody. At a certain level, you ought to be teaching somebody. At a certain level of maturity, you ought to be taking care of somebody. And so as I'm speaking right now, you ought to be evaluating yourself in the church, in the house of God. That are you able, What service are you rendering to God? What service are you rendering in the house of God? Hallelujah. What are you doing in the house of God? Because your work in God's house is proof that you are maturing. There's nothing wrong, like I said, there's nothing wrong coming to church and sitting, sitting down and um, being taught the word of God and all that. But if after a while you are still sitting down, 
and being taught the word of God and doing nothing in church and not praying for somebody, not helping somebody, not rendering services in the house of God. <laughs> the writer is saying that if you, there's an issue with it. There's an issue with it. Hallelujah. And when the zeal of God's house eats you up, you'll be passionate in the house of God. You see, when the zeal of God's house eats you up, nobody would force you to, read, to do something to push forward God's agenda. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 12. Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 12. If you can give me the NLT. Alright. Ephesians 4 verse 11. Look at what it says. The Bible says that, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are gifts that Christ gave to the church. Amen. Amen. So the church... God gave his church people who like they stand in the office of apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Amen. Amen. Why did God give the church? So when you come, so let me, let me make it personal. So in Livingstone Church, God has given Livingstone Church a gift. Can I preach it? God has given Livingstone Church a gift. And that gift is Pastor Philip. Amen. I am God's gift to you. Did you realize I'm a gift of God to you? I'm a blessing to you. It's like God, God wanted to give you a gift. Have you ever thought of it that God wanted to give you a gift? So that through that gift, he can bring many other gifts to you. And if God gives you that gift, God wanted to give you that gift, he gave you a person. He gave, he gave you me. <laughs> now, let me show you why God gave me as a gift to you. Verse 12. Their responsibility, my responsibility. You see, when God gave me as a gift to you, God didn't give me as a gift to you so that I'll be crawling you. God didn't give me as a give, make me a gift to you so that I'll I'll buy pizza for you. So that I'll I'll take you to Kempinski. Is that why God God brought me to your life? No. That's not why. And even for the ladies, God didn't bring me into your life that I'll be your husband. No, that's that's not why I'm in your life. I'm married to one person. I can only get married to one person. You you understand? But this is why God gave me to you as a gift. In this scripture, it says that their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church the body of christ isn't that amazing have you ever thought of it have you ever thought of it that my responsibility is to equip you are you not god's people 
my responsibility my work my function my occupation my preoccupation the reason why god sent me the reason why god anointed me the reason why god enabled me the reason why god called me and god put me into the office of a pastor god made me a pastor god made me a pastor hallelujah god made me a pastor and your prophet the reason why god made me your a prophet to you and your pastor this is the reason is to equip you to do the work and build up the church <laughs> do, do you like why god sent you to your life so god see god sent me to your life like you know somebody gave the testimony of um, he got a job those are powerful things you know people have by the grace of god people have gotten healings people have gotten visas people have gotten the uh, people have gotten you know by the grace of god have officiated a lot of people's weddings people have gotten married by the grace of god people have gotten their babies by the grace of god people have gotten their cars by the grace of god people have traveled outside the country by the grace of god but all those things are not there it's not my main work if you were if you were seeing me that oh the reason why i am there is so that i'll pray for you to have a breakthrough i'll pray so that you get that miracle job so that you get that miracle if that's how why you were how you were you've been seeing me my brother my sister i'm i'm, I'm changing your mind now and I'm, i am i am letting you see my my specific mandate the reason why god put oil on my head you know you know what the prophet amos said amos said that you know he said he was no prophet and he did come from you know a prophetic family he was he was a he was somebody he was a shepherd and god called him as a prophet to his people so let me tell you something me too i was no prophet <laughs> i was a mechanical engineer Amen. Amen. I was a power plant consultant. I'm telling the truth. I was a power plant consultant. Doing installation and maintenance of power plants all across the nations of the world. <laughs> At least I've been in the US. I've been in Japan. I've been in Angola. I've been in Egypt. I've been in Nigeria. I've been in Mali, I've been in Senegal, I've been in Chad, I've been in Ethiopia, I've been in Kenya. I've lost track. <laughs> but, but, but listen, can I tell you something? God called me to oh Dubai, Dubai. <laughs> God, God called me to leave all those things. God called me to leave all those things. And he put he put an anointing upon me and do you know why he put the anointing upon me give me the verse is to equip you to do the work <laughs> you know can, can i tell you something sometimes some people when they know that i've traveled to many nations and then they'll come and, i've had a lot of people doing that they'll come and, you know they want to travel so they'll come and sow a seed into my life so that the, the travel door open and by god's grace that's been working but can i tell you something that is not why god anointed me <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a spiritual visa uh, contractor can i reach it can i 
thought I was a spiritual visa contractor. My brother, my sister, I'm, that is not my work. <laughs> Let me show you my work. Give me the verse again. Ephesians 4 verse. This is my work as a pastor. This is my work as a prophet. My responsibility is to equip you. My responsibility is to equip you to do God's work and to build up his church, which is the body of Christ. That is why God called me. That is why God called me. Like I said, all those other things are secondary. The main reason God called me is to equip you. You tell a person to that. Pastor's job is to equip you to do God's work and to build up the church. So, from this scripture, you can see that who is supposed to be doing the work of God? <laughs> you know, many times we think that the pastors are the ones supposed to be doing the work of God. We think that the prophets are the ones supposed to be doing the work of God. We think that the apostles are the ones supposed to be preaching the gospel, are, are the ones supposed to be winning souls. The evangelists are the ones supposed to be winning souls. The pastors, the teachers, we think that they are the ones supposed to be winning souls. They are the ones supposed to be shepherding people. They are the ones supposed to be discipling people. You think that people think that oh, it's a pastor's job to go and visit the sick. It's a pastor's job to pray for the sick to be healed. It's to pray for miracles to take place in people's lives and all that. My brother, my sister, let me tell you something. The pastor's job is to raise you up and to equip you so that you will be the one to do the work. Of course, what God does, you know, I can't equip you to do the work if myself I've not done the work. So what God does is before he, he, he commissions any of his servants, he first allows them to be trained by they themselves doing the work. Now, after they have been trained and they have come to that place where God feels that he can now release them as gifts to his body, he now releases them. So they now train other people to do the work. Amen. Do you know that since, since JSS, I have always been a committed tither to the glory of God. I was in JSS when I caught the revelation about tithing. At that time, I used to save, you know, when I was going to school, they give me pocket money. I, I started saving my pocket money, putting it aside, putting a certain percentage just to bring to... Uh, one day, I, 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 you know, at the time, my, my parents were my pastors. <laughs> one day, I, I brought a tithe. My father and my mother were surprised. They were my pastors at the time. And they said, where did you get this money from? And I told them, oh, the pocket money you have been giving me every day, I've been saving it. This is the time. They were surprised. <laughs> so I can teach you that you too, you have to tithe. It is one of the ways by which you serve God. We serve God with our money. We serve God with our finances. Hallelujah. When the zeal of God's house has eaten you up, one of the proofs, one of the evidences, that the zeal of God's house has eaten you up. It's where you send your money. You send your money. You give your money to the things of God. To the promotion, the expansion of God's kingdom. There are people, you know, one day I did a, a survey. I asked a lot of, I did a survey. There are people, I, I did a survey to those, some students. And I realized that some students, they spend more money in a week on plantain chips that they are offering. 
Plantation is how much? Is it one series or two series? So some some every day they buy plantain chips one city so every so let's say six cities and then when they come to church on sunday they bring two ghana city offering on sunday wow. meanwhile meanwhile the plantain chips they were eating was not their their main meal they have already eaten their their gobe they have already eaten their gobe they have eaten their food they have gone to akuzi they have gone to they have gone to you know they have, <laughs> they have eaten all manner of food and then their plantain chips is just snack so then i told them that ah this is this is totally wrong that how can you spend six ghana cities a week on plantain chips and your offering is two ghana cities no now i said now who put that missing some people they there are some people when they after work they can take their boys boys out just to spread their boys boys after work they go to a kebab joint and they just buy kebab they just buy kebab kebab and drink and this and, and you know when they do before work close they tell the guy they tell the guys today that the kebab there is on me it's on me and, and then they are feeling good in the kebab so then they go and spread then when they come to church what they so they can spend like what 50 Ghana cities on kebab and when they come to they bring 10 Ghana cities off. That was the same. And they were lying. The one that has preserved you the whole week, he has taken care of you. Who would not say? There were 50 Ghana out there talking about my down for now. Now, maybe who bred no 10 Ghana? 10 Ghana off here then. I mean, preaching myself now, man. This is a prophetic encounter service. (laughs) May you have an encounter with God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. The Bible tells us, using the New Living Translation, it says that physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come listen the reason why you must allow the zeal of god's house to eat you up we are not saying that listen nobody is saying that uh, you have to go full-time ministry no but when whatever you are doing you can still make time for god and you can still make time for the things of god when you are if you are a student you can make time for the things of god because as a student you realize that when i listen when i was a student secondary school university i was making time for god's kingdom when i was a student i was even leaving i'll, I'll leave i went to school in kenesi kumasi i'll leave kumasi to go on crusades in other regions but i was a student and i was a good student so sometimes the weekend i'll not be on campus during the weekend friday i lost the monday morning i'm back 
<laughs> and the spirit has taken us somewhere. So I was able to make time and still do uh, handle my, 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 my academics. When I was working, you know, I was still able to make time for the work of the ministry. I was still able to make time to have my quiet time, make time to preach the gospel, make time to do the work of the ministry. And you can also do the same. Because when you look at it, uh, you have, you know, one day I was talking to somebody, the person was telling me that the person was, the, the person is, a, the person works. And the person was telling that at 1 a.m., the person doesn't understand. The person is not able to sleep. So at 1 a.m., 1 a.m., the person is still playing game on the phone. And I said to myself that, hey, if at 1 a.m. you are playing game on your phone, what excuse do you have for not waking up at 5 a.m. to connect to morning view? <laughs> because all those who are working, you bear me witness that you have time for to yourself also. You have time to watch movies. You have time. All the weddings, you go for the weddings. You go for programs. You have time. After all, work is what? Eight to five. You get home seven, six or seven, whatever. You relax. From eight to twelve, what are you doing? It's either you are talking, you are watching movie, you are on the phone, you are playing video game. You, you can give it to the work of the ministry. You can use it for something. Amen. You can use it for something. Hallelujah. So he's saying that, look at what he's saying in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8. And it's important that you take note of it. That He's saying that physical training is good. But there's also a training for godliness or the, your spiritual life. So what he's saying is that it is good when you give attention and you give, a, you give attention to your physical life. It's good when you give attention to your career. It is good when you give attention to your job. It's good when you give attention to your schooling. But he's saying that you also have to give attention to spiritual things. Because the truth of the matter is that spiritual things, when you give attention to spiritual things, spiritual things where he refers to as godliness, godliness, that's exile yourself in the God life. Not just godliness like living a holy life, but exile yourself in the God life. He's saying that when you exercise yourself in the God life, when you exercise yourself in, your, in the divine life, in spiritual matters, it has promise. It has promising benefits in this life and in the life to come spiritual giving yourself to spiritual things has promising benefits no when you give your when you give attention to physical things that is your job and your schooling your your um your acca your professional certification your mba your phd your um your your your, your right and exam to belong to your professional body all those things is good though you are working hard so that you will be promoted at work. It's good. It's good. And that's why he say it is good. But you see, when you give attention to spiritual things also, it has benefits in this life. And it also has benefits in the life to come. Because there's a life to come. Does somebody like the message I'm preaching? <laughs> you know, this message, is, you, you not get this message. <laughs> because, let me tell you something. God I give account to God and God alone. So whatever message God gives me, I preach it. I don't care whether somebody is angry or not. Because the person, no, no, hey, nobody call, you didn't call me. I'm accountable only to my caller. So when he, when he sends me as a prophet with his, with the, his word in my mouth, I'm, I'm just coming to give the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm saying that so when you give attention to spiritual things, 
into your spiritual life into the the growth of god's kingdom the expansion of god's kingdom it has promising benefits not only in this present life but also in the life to come because there's another life you know you know that there are some footballers or some athletes that they made a lot of money when they were young when they made a lot of money when they were young maybe they didn't have they didn't have wisdom so they didn't have wisdom to prepare for when they they lose their youthful strength and they'll no longer be able to play so what happened to them is that when they got to the place when they they no longer could play or they no longer could become athletes they had squandered all their money and they were poor so you can you realize that there are some athletes that are wise to save for the future and invest for the future but there are some also that are foolish and they, when they had a lot of money they didn't save for the future they didn't invest for the future so when they cross the age of playing football or being athletes now they were broke that is what happens when people give attention only to their physical lives and they don't give attention to their spiritual lives also because there's a life after and the life after my brother my sister the life after is not the your your mba will not energy in the life after professional certification baby baby certificate well, Receive the zeal of God's house in Jesus' name. So you must be able to find out. You must be able to, you know, do something in the house of God. You must. Your, my responsibility is to equip you so that you do the work of the ministries. As the person that you are, you doing the work of the ministry. As a person, are you doing the work of the ministry? As a person, are you serving in God's house? What is your contribution to the growth of the church? It's your responsibility. <laughs> it's not pastor's job. Pastor's job is to equip you so that you serve in church. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of him. <laughs> Philippians 2, 2 verse 20 to 21. Philippians chapter 2 verse 20 to 21. Look at what Paul was writing to Timothy. Paul was writing to the church at Philippi and he spoke about Timothy. Look at what he said. He said, this, this, this is the apostle Paul. How many of you know that the apostle Paul was a great man of God? You know, great man of God. But look at what he said. He said that I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your well. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. Verse 21. And he said, All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? This scripture is still applicable now unfortunately but we we are changing it in the name of jesus now go back to the verse and let me show you something verse 20 
Paul is saying that Paul was writing to the church, the saints, the believers at Philippi, the Philippians, and he was saying that he has nobody else like Timothy. Timothy was a spiritual son. He has nobody else like Timothy who genuinely cares about their welfare. And then he said that all seek their own, not the things of Jesus Christ. Or all, all, all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. That means that what actually matters to Jesus Christ is the care and welfare of the saints. And Paul is saying that he's looking for people who also be interested in the saints, who also genuinely care that the saints would grow up. Amen. All others care only for themselves. And that's what we see right now. A lot of people just care for themselves. That's what I'm saying that if you do the week, how much time do you give to prayer? How much time do you give to, not just prayer, a lot of people when they are praying, it's prayer for themselves. Can I tell you something? I hardly pray for myself. I hardly pray for myself. If there's prayer for myself, it is prayer to know the Lord more. It's like, I'm going to go then then I'll then All other ground is sinking sand. <laughs> Amen. But sometimes I find myself praying for people, pray that people get a job, pray that people get people get a, their husband, their life partner, their wife. visa can I tell you something recently the Lord told me something I don't know what I should tell you <laughs> somebody give the Lord a clap of it. but one thing that God laid on my heart is that I should pray more for laborers I should pray more for workers people who work to promote god's kingdom amen, amen. Yeah. hallelujah so a lot of people just care for themselves a lot of people just they don't care for the things that matter to jesus christ but when the zeal of god's house eats you up you know the thing about zeal like I, I started by telling you about that gentleman that my friend in, in, uh, in school that you know he was in love with a lady and the lady broke his heart and he passed through the rain and through the darkness and the night and the blackness <laughs> you know and the dangers to go and knock at her door to apologize to apologize for something that he hadn't even done meanwhile the lady had gotten another man oh my god <laughs> that's why she, he didn't know so he was wondering because before he went he kept telling me that oh what has he done he doesn't know what he has done he had, so he was he was going to apologize for something he hadn't done truth of the matter is that he hadn't done anything but the lady had the lady had double crossed him oh jesus But listen, because of zeal, he passed through the rain. When the zeal of God's house eats you up, 
you are ready to be concerned about the things of God. You see, when you are filled with zeal for something or for someone, you don't think much about yourself. You are more concerned about Have you ever seen somebody who is so consumed with passion for his or her work? The person can work and the person will work, work, work and will not sleep. The person, the person will not sleep. The person will not spend time with people. The person will not have social life and all that. All because of the work. It, it shows you that the person is filled with zeal for the work. And it's a God wants us to come to that place where we are filled with zeal for his house. Amen. Well, you are filled with zeal for his house. So you are concerned about the house of God. You want to see the church growing. And by the grace of God, we are growing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And more souls are being added unto us in Jesus' name. And can I tell the people who are going to bring their souls? You are the ones going to bring their souls. So it's like you must be concerned that ah, it must be such a strong burden that when you are coming to church, you are coming with somebody. You are coming with two people. You are coming with three people. You are even ready to pay their transportation for them to come to church. You leave your house at 6 a.m. and go and pick them up and bring them to church so that by 8.30 they are in church. You are in church with them. That is you. That shows that the zeal of God's house has eaten you up. Hallelujah. When you are, you are praying for them, you are following up on them, you are calling them, you are preaching. When we, when we are going on outreach, you join us to go on outreach and preach the gospel. It's true. Rain or shine. <laughs> because at least we have seen that somebody can pass through the rain. If somebody can pass through the rain, then we can pass through the rain to preach the gospel. When the zeal is there, you do it without realizing that ah, you are wet. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a clap of faith. So the reason from Philippians 2 verse 20 to 21, we've seen that a lot of people think about themselves. And do you know, do you know the word we give to people who think about themselves? They are selfish people. So the way to overcome selfishness is to decide to be serviceable in the house of God. It's to decide to be concerned about the house of God. It's to decide to work in God's house. It is it's to decide to give your contribution also. Bring your What is it that you can contribute that will allow the church to grow? You can give your time. You can give your, your resources. You can give your talents. You can give your giftings. Amen. You can decide to learn technical and the media so that you help with live streaming. The past two weeks we were doing live streaming of a midday prayer lounge. A lot of people said they were blessed and all that. But you know, I, I got the technical guys to be coming here at in the every day. All the days that we were streaming, they, they'll come. Ten days. They're here by eleven. Set up. We pray. And then I'm going in the office and then we collect oh, powerful. The quote is powerful. Wow. <laughs> Whole days and weeks have I laid prostrate in silent and vocal prayer. And it's a good thing. It's, it's, it's good to join. You understand? But I'm just letting you know that some people offered, some people voluntarily decided to, to, to do something. Amen. People volunteer. Nobody is paid in the church. 
Where, where, where is it? Dicky Mike. Dicky Mike, HOD, are, are you paid? Have I given you money before? Even your transfer card, I don't give you money for transfer. I don't give you money for transfer. <laughs> no. You, you, you. It's, it's voluntary work. So he picks car, he comes, he's, he's, he's doing it himself. He's, 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 he gives his time. Amen. Amen. Everybody is giving their time. Everybody is giving their talent. Ushers are doing it. The singers are doing it. Eddie, have you ever been giving some money as a? Um, have you ever been giving some money as a um, allowance for playing keyboard? Yeah, 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 Hey, you and allowance, then I'll pay. What am I going to be? You and I, you and Papa and allowance, then I'll pay. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody receive the zeal of God's heart. Amen. So, so you look at you know what you can do in terms of your time, in terms of your resources, in terms of your talents. In terms of your giftings, in terms of prayer, you know, pray because the church, you know, he said that the zeal of God's house has eaten me up. And remember, he said that what my house shall be called a house of prayer. So the church is a house of prayer, it's a place of prayer. So giving yourself to prayer, giving yourself to prayer. Last we were praying about kingdom growth and expansion. Giving yourself to prayer is work. It's work. You are, you are working as you are praying for the church. You are praying for the growth of the church. You are praying for your pastor. You are praying that souls will be added to the church. You are praying that everybody that comes to receive a testimony, those that come that are sick, they'll be healed. It's prayer. Everything we do in church is by prayer. The growth of the church is by prayer. You know, I'm standing here by prayer. It's, everything is by prayer. Nothing is done without prayer in the kingdom. So when you decide to pray, God will reward you. Amen. We shouldn't just be praying for ourselves. To pray for the church. To pray for the church. Don't just be praying for visa. Pray and fast, fasting for visa. Pray and fasting for scholarship. Pray and fasting to go to the United States of A. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are some people that, despite their corona, they say, still don't travel. <laughs> 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 Corona not gonna stop them from traveling. We know they, they know they, they know they can't they go travel. And then I am Amen. So to overcome selfishness, you have to do something in God's house. You have to offer your time, your talents, your giftings. Remember, give me the scripture again. Philippians two verse twenty to twenty one. He said that I have no one else. He said, all the others care only for themselves. I want to ask you, as a parent, do you care only for yourself? Or you care for the church of God? As the person, as the other person, do you care only for yourself? Or you care for the church of God? When you are concerned with the house of God, with the church of God, with the growth of God's church, listen, God will bless you. God will bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 to 2. 
second timothy 3 verse 1 to 2 he says that you should know this timothy that in the last days there will be very difficult give me nlt you should know this timothy that in the last days there will be very difficult times and we are in the last days difficult times next verse and he says that for people who love only themselves and their money hey will love only themselves and their money one day somebody say one day day. i was talking to a certain lady a a student and she she had there was a certain gentleman that was interested in her or or rather or rather no she had a crush on a certain gentleman so she bought a gift for the gentleman the gift cost 300 ghana cities she bought it <laughs> for the gentleman so when she told me then i asked i asked her a question that has she ever given her pastor a gift before or has she ever given her, her pastor a gift worth 300 ghana cities before she said no worth 200 ghana cities she said no worth 100 ghana cities she said no worth 50 ghana she said eh, maybe maybe well and i said hey so your pastor that has been praying for you and teaching you the word of god and all that the maximum you have possibly given him is 50 ghana but this guy that you now you are having a crash on him and he's not looking in your direction now you have got to buy him 300 ghana city gifts people are the guy you know they look your direction <laughs> In order to look your direction, Mama, you go give out three hundred Ghana. Hey, hey, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? When they broke her heart, she went to the same pastor for the pastor to pray for her. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so help me, Jesus! She went to the same pastor, the same pastor that only she has only given you fifty Ghana. hallelujah but it is because the bible said that in the last days people will love only themselves and their money people will love only themselves and their money it says that they'll be boastful and proud scoffing at god disobedient to their parents and ungrateful we live in a generation where people are ungrateful. Do I know do, you know? do you know what makes you know that people are ungrateful in this generation? There are people that they pray to God for God to bring them certain blessings. When God and God does it, and God brings certain blessings into their lives. When God brings them blessings, they forget to be grateful to God. They forget. When God, there are people that are praying for a job. When God gives them a job, rather they are not able to serve God like they used to isn't it ungratefulness there are people that want to travel when god opens the door and they travel there are ungrateful and he said that they will consider nothing sacred you know they don't consider the sacredness of the house of god the sacredness of the work of god that you know when you consider something sacred you are ready to handle it reverently 
you are ready to handle it diligently when you consider the work of god and the house of god as sacred you give it your all you give it your attention hallelujah praise the lord how many of you like the message matthew 9 verse 36 to 38 matthew 9 verse 36 to 38 the bible says that speaking about jesus the bible said that when he saw the crowds when jesus saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd he said to his disciples jesus said to his disciples the harvest is great but the workers are few and look at what he said in verse 38 he said that so pray to the lord who is in charge of the harvest ask him to send more workers into his fields now the previous verse jesus said that the harvest is great but the workers are few can i tell you something in the time of jesus he noticed that there's he noticed that there's so much work that has to be done yet the people to do the work are few do you know that one of the in in you know in agriculture the time when you actually farmers or you know the 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 high mall or the most laborers is harvest time because harvest time is a lot of work it's a lot of work so jesus is saying that the harvest is great the work of the ministry is a lot and he says that but the workers are few so it's like just few people are doing the work so the work is not really being done the way it ought to because there's a lot of work there's a limit to what one person can do there's a limit listen look at me here i'm one person i can only be in achimota i want to thank the lord for my branch pastors they are they are passing the branches the various branches you understand i i cannot be over there i can only be at one place i cannot I'm, I'm limited to the number of people I can counsel. I'm limited in terms of the number of people I can meet face to face. But meanwhile, there, there's so much. There, there's so much to be done. There's, there, we have so many harvest fields that we must rush in and harvest. Hallelujah. So the workers are few. You know that sometimes people think that oh the workers are enough sometimes people think the workers are enough you know sometimes people think the workers are enough till they enter the work when when they enter the work the work then they realize that hey the work is they, when they enter the work they realize two things number one the work is plenty number two the workers are few but you see when somebody is outside and the person has not come into the work the person doesn't really appreciate the magnitude of the work the person doesn't know that there's a lot of work that has to be done <laughs> amen it's a lot of work i remember one of my daughters she, she's over here and she you know i think i think when i told her that oh i wanted to be a church worker or something she, she said something she said something so interesting she was like oh she thought that she said oh it's like i have a lot of people around me i have a lot of workers so can, can what can she, when she counts what will she do and i said my sister 
a juvenile dose. Who there? Who are hunting our shirts? Oh, eh, oh, like pastor. Pastor has the, the, he has branches. He has church where he has pastors. He has elders, deacons. Let me say a juvenile dose. And I edit who is a juvenile dose. So that was showing me who is a juvenile dose. Who is a juvenile dose? A dose. And I grab your juvenile dose. Is it Obi Wan on 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 Remua on Nim on Nim say I don't know a juman who does on Remua no be who say hey they are they are yes who can no they are no qualified say harvest no they are great the harvest is great and you are listening to me I'm telling you that the harvest there's a lot of work so we are waiting for you we want you to join the work. We, 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 we want you to join the workforce. The volunteer workforce. It's not the workforce that uh, you can, uh, they are going to pay you like. Partially, because you see, that's what I'm saying. When you realize what God has done for you. If you realize where God picked you from. What can you, you know, there's nothing you can really do for God. If you realize where God has picked you from. And what God has done for you. You realize that all that you can do for him is to serve him. All you can do for him is to serve him. So in this month of July, God is saying that Charlie, let the zeal of his house eat you up. This make a commitment, make a decision. Because by the grace of God, God is making us a mega church. Hallelujah. You, you know what a mega church is? A mega church is a church that has thousands of members do you know that god wants us to cross thousands <laughs> amen Sounds say we are mega church to the glory of god how are we going to be a mega church number one by the power of god number two by you and i you are me my work is to equip you and so this whole message is part of the equipping and then you bring their souls somebody can god can somebody can decide with diligence when you're coming to church next week sunday you are bringing a bus full of 15 people to church do you know that it is possible yeah you hire and you, you pick an uber uber takes how many people you pick an uber full of four people you are bringing them to church why because god has been good to you god has blessed you how much will uber cost 30 Ghana. 30 Ghana. Ghana. Ah. 30 Ghana. 30 Ghana. If you if you if you 30 Ghana, you can't you can't take a lady out with 30 Ghana. Your meal for lunch costs more than 30 Ghana. It could possibly cost more than 30 Ghana. Just your lunch. You understand? So you decide because you have come with four people. So through the week, you are calling them, you are talking to them, you tell your people at work, your people in your neighborhood, you know, your people, your former cosmates, the people that you take, you, the people that you send them to the kebab joint, you are bringing them to church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It is, it's a way of you showing gratitude to God for what he's done for you. 
Because you can't live your life you alone and being selfish. You have to reach out to somebody. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a clap of applause. How many of you have been blessed by today's service? How many of you are ready to be baptized with the zeal of God's heart? How many of you want to be concerned with the things of God? How many of you want to, to see the church growing? How many of you want us to become a mega church? Oh, I didn't get a response. I said, how many of you want us to become a mega church? How many of you want, how many of you, how many of you want us to cross thousands? Wow. You know, it's a blessing when we are, when we are in the thousands. Listen. You see, it's a blessing when we're in the thousands. Eh? When you want a husband or a wife, eh? oh, you just, when it comes to church, they are plenty. It's a large sample space. It's a large sample space. If you want, you know what, if, when we, that, we, we cross thousands, eh? one day I'll just come to church and I'll just announce that all those who are, all the single guys and ladies come for it, then you see a lot of people come with us. All right. Choose amongst yourselves. <laughs> I know this so. Choose amongst yourselves. That's all. <laughs> you know, when we are in mega church, when we are in the thousands, eh, the, the, you can easily get job opportunities. I know a lot of people who have offered you know, in church, they've got employment jobs through church or through contacts in church. You understand? So what it means is that when we are at more than a thousand, there, there'll be more opportunities. This, this is simple statistics. Amen. Amen. More opportunities. There'll be more blessings. You know, ladies like, ladies like doing them. Um, bridal showers you know when when there are more people there'll be more bridal there'll be ladies like weddings there'll be more weddings see as there are more weddings like that and i have more ordained pastors i'll let them be doing the officiating so that i can where's <laughs> 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 the chief will be doing counseling and, and officiating weddings <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we be on our feet? We want to pray right now, all those watching online, those connected, uh, the various branches. I believe that the presence of God is with you also. You want to lift up your hands and begin to talk to the Lord. And you are praying that, Lord, let the zeal of your house eat me up. Lord, let the zeal of your house eat me up. Lord, let the zeal of your house eat me up. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. Father, let the zeal of your house eat me up. Father, let the zeal of your house eat me up. Let me hear you pray. Pray with all seriousness. Pray with all diligence. Ya talaba ba 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 ba. 
Lift up your hands. Shagabakando Kodo Sibra Kante the Lord is making your feet like the hinds feet. Amen. The Lord is causing you to walk in your high places. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm seeing in the spirit realm right now. I'm seeing people's legs being straightened. And I'm seeing golden boots being placed on people's feet. And the Lord is saying that your our feet are being shot. Our feet are being shot with the preparation of the gospel. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it. May you be empowered to preach the gospel. Amen. May you be empowered to be an evangelist. Amen. May you be empowered to win souls. Amen. In the name of Jesus. May you be baptized Amen. with the seal of God's heart. May you be concerned Amen. with the growth of God's heart. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Grace to be a diligent worker. Amen. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Grace to serve the Lord. Amen. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive passion for the house I of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Jesus gave a power. Somebody was giving five talents. Somebody was giving two talents. And the other person was giving one talent. And that person was giving one talent. He buried his gift. He buried his talent. Oh, but the Lord is telling me that there are many people like that that they think that what they have is little. And because they think that what they have is little, they bury what they have. There are many people that say that what can they do? There's somebody are listening to me. You have been asking yourself that what can you do? There's nothing that you can do. You don't have any strength. You can't pray. You 
Somebody, all you can do is to pray for 10 minutes. Receive that grace to be faithful to that. All you can do is to bring one person to church. Receive grace to be faithful in that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And as we are all faithful in our various capacities, the will of God will be done in Jesus' name. That we will experience supernatural church growth in the name of Jesus. In three, four months' time, I see that our numbers tripling in the name of Jesus. In three, four months' time, this all our various branches, the rooms will not be able to contain us in the name of Jesus. I see lepers being raised in the name of Jesus. God is calling you to be a worker in His house. Receive the grace in the name of Jesus. God is bringing singers. We receive in the name of Jesus. We call for singers in the name of Jesus. Amen. We call for instrumentalists in the name of Jesus. Amen. We call for intercessors in the name of Jesus. Amen. We call for media guys in the name of Jesus. Amen. We call for ushers in Jesus' name. Amen. We call for Sunday school teachers in Jesus' name. Amen. We call for sound engineers in Jesus' name. Amen. We call for prayer warriors in Jesus' name. Amen. We call for shepherds in Jesus' name. Amen. We call for actors and dancers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wave your hands to the Lord and thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. It is done. Thank, you, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that you are part of this movement. Thank the Lord that you are part of this revival. Thank the Lord that you are part of this movement. Thank the Lord that you are giving your time. You are giving your resources. You are giving your strength. In the name of Jesus. You are giving your skills and your abilities. Father, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name have we prayed. And I, I want you to shout a big amen. Amen. Let your amen roll like thunder. Let your amen roll like thunder. Hallelujah. You want to take your seats. You want to take your seats in heavenly places. Amen.